This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Meet the Movie Press. This week, we're going to talk about Alicia Vikander as Tomb Raider, Robert Downey Jr. coming back for possibly Iron Man 4, Sherlock Holmes 3, and Spider-Man Homecoming. And we're going to talk about Fox pulling out of Hall H at Comic-Con. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Reunited and it feels so good. I missed you. I woke up on Friday and, and you were just like, I was like... Where is he? I reached for you in bed. Yeah. Where were you? Because um, we live together like Bert and Ernie. <laughs> like we're the odd couple. Uh, I am Jeff Snyder, host of Meet the Movie Press, film reporter for The Wrap, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Simon Thompson, who's back this week. I am. Where were you last week, Simon? I was in Atlanta. Um, for the ATL, <laughs> the ATL, where approximately everything is filming right now. Approximately, uh, approximately everything. That's Matt. What, what were you there for? Um, I was on the set of Edgar Wright's new film, Baby Driver. Oh shit! I mm. bet you can't say anything about it. I can't say anything about it. I don't even think I was supposed to say that. Um, but yeah, no, I was. Um, I, I was asked to go on on set um, last week um, and had a had an amazing day actually um, behind the scenes um, and watching certain scenes being filmed um and uh, very excited about that's it that's super cool you, i'm actually great. really excited about it the cast for that movie is insane. It's phenomenal it's great um very cool yeah really not really good cast really eclectic um and i don't think audiences will be disappointed at all okay that. uh, that, so, <laughs> those are bold those are yeah. fighting words yeah. um we i think we all are, are eager to see edgar behind the camera again mm. Um, you didn't. You didn't stop by the office Christmas party set while you were down there. I didn't. That, that sounds like a blast. I know, but there was All other stuff. Photos. There were a couple of. Um, in fact, there was another thing that John Hamm's been working on, uh, keeping up with the Joneses. That's right. Um, was on set uh, doing some some stuff as well. Some some pickups. Still, oh, oh, I was so, maybe reshoots. Yeah, or something yeah, some, like that. just yeah, some pickups. So uh, so that was still going on, and obviously there's a lot of other stuff that's going to be filming in Atlanta very very shortly, um, which is which is excellent. So yeah, very busy there right now, which is cool. great for the industry there. You know, a lot of people have getting a lot of work at the moment, so it's a good thing. Yeah, I would say it's so. A good thing. All right. Um, well, let's just dive into the show. That mm. we have a lot to talk about. Busy we we week. missed you last week. Thank you. I'm very um, touched by that. We, you know, I thought the calls went well, and we and we're let's talk about after the show maybe adding some calls as like I think a, that's a great a idea. regular feature. I know that's something we had some feedback on on Twitter this yeah. week, um, and I think that's a really good idea. So yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah, maybe maybe not this week. But going forward, Weeks we'll discuss, we'll, we'll huddle up with the team here at the Popcorn Talk yeah, Network. But we're going to dive in right now and talk about Oscar winner mm. Alicia Vikander yeah. cast as Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. What do you think? Um, I think it's a really good call, actually. Um, uh, obviously, there were quite a few names that were bandied around. Um, uh, Daisy uh, from uh, Star, um, Star Wars Force Awakens was in the, the pot, apparently, as well. Um, I think of those two options... Alicia Vikander is the stronger one. Um, I think she has proved her... She's proved her range, I think, and proved her mettle in films so far with, you know, Ex Machina, 
I thought she was excellent in. Sure, of course, she was wonderful. Um, I loved her in The Man From U.N.C.L.E. I wish she had more to do. I like that movie. I think that got a raw deal in theatres last I year. I really like Man From U.N.C.L.E. And I was saying yesterday on Twitter, it may be my favourite performance of hers. Yeah. Obviously, she was brilliant in Ex Machina. She was very good in Danish Girl, for which she won yep. the Oscar. Yep. But there's something about her and Uncle where it's just a very physical performance. Mm. She's allowed to be sexy. But um, not overtly sexy. No, no, it's it's really. She's really... not playing like the tramp or the vixen or anything. Yeah. It's just she's got a brilliant way of putting it out there and just having enough to just rein it back. And it's it, I I really like her as an actress. I find her very exciting to watch. And she hasn't done anything like this, but I think she'll bring a level of gravitas to it as well as the sexiness. Now, can you can you buy her kicking ass? She's a tiny girl. Yeah, I think we can. Um. I would be open that to that um, very much so. And if you look at a lot of women in action um, in movies at the moment, they tend to be, understandably, on perhaps the the taller, broader scale. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're, they're physically kick ass. I like the idea. I like the juxta with this by the fact that she isn't that. Interesting. And I think she'll bring something very different to it than Angelina Jolie did. And again, physically, they're quite different in, in size and scale. Um, and I think, it'll be, I, I think it'll be a really interesting choice. It's not a lazy casting. No, um, I actually like the idea because she's Swedish, right? And the director, yeah. is he Swedish or Norwegian? Roar. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Utah. I think he's Swedish. He, he may be Swedish as well. So like, I'm kind of liking yeah. them working together. Did you see the wave? I did. And again, it was good. Talking right? about, you know, intensity but reined in. Yeah. That that is encapsulated in that movie. So I think if you combine her and his directorial skills, it's a strong recipe. It, it's much stronger than I was anticipating for yeah. this reboot. It'll probably have brains. I have, a, I have a lot of thoughts, actually, about it. I, okay. I think it's good for the movie that they got her. Obviously, she's uh, on the way up. Yep. Going to be a huge star. I think it's good for her, too. She's not the girl the way that she is in the Jason Bourne movie. Yep. And we haven't, I haven't seen Jason Bourne. I don't know how they're going to use her. Um, but... You know, in, it, she was going to do that. She was going to do Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender, which mm. she also would have been the the quote unquote girl role or whatever. She has her own franchise now, yeah. So it's like it's a good move for her. It's a good move for MGM. I don't know if it. I don't know if she was the best fit. I think I was still rooting for someone like Alexander Daddario. Someone. Okay. Um, I, I mean, you can't argue. You know. Mm. Getting an Oscar winner over that, but I, you know, I kind of had my heart set on Daddario or someone along those lines. I think Alicia's a little small for me to believe that she can kick ass, but I guess it doesn't matter these days. Yeah, but if you compare her to, to so let's let's com- compare her to say um, uh, Daisy Ridley, Star Wars. Um, she is quite petite, and she kicked ass in that movie. I bought her in that as a, as a fe- as a strong female action element of that film. Absolutely. So I think that it's one of the reasons I, I like the fact she is because it plays with this thing where we think that everybody has to have the physical physique of let's look at Wonder Woman. You know, she's Right, not everyone has to be an Amazon. Right? Yeah, and she is very feminine and I think that will be something that 
other films where we see women kicking ass don't offer as much of which I think will, will be part of the appeal. Because, you know, not all women who want to watch women kicking ass are going to be built like a brick shit house, Right. You and know. Of course. So um, I, 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 I like it. Uh, again, it's all in the performance. You're yeah. right. Da- Daisy Ridley is slight in stature, but, yeah. but seems like a badass in yeah. Star Wars. Um, now, she had been rumored for this for this movie. I know yeah. uh, Car- Cara Delvine was another name that sort of surfaced yesterday. Mm-hmm. I never understood the Daisy Ridley rumors. I always thought that they were kind of bullshit. I think those basically came around the fact that, oh, well, she's done this kind of thing in one film, so let's put her in the box. Well, that's how everybody thinks. Yeah. But, to, to I mean, I, I guess I think a lot of, about these castings from the point of view of the actual agents and, and, like, why would someone sign on to that? Yeah. To me, she you know, whether she's playing Tomb Raider or, or uh, what was her name in Star Wars? Sorry. Um, uh, uh, Ray, Ray. Whether yeah. she's playing Tomb Raider or Ray, it's the same character. Mm. It's the same thing. She's already done it. So why did she? You know, I, I never understood. I never thought that she was going to do uh, Tomb Raider, even though she, yes, she she uh, confirmed taking a meeting on the project. Yeah, listen, guys, she's met with a lot. Of, Who wouldn't of want people. to talk to her about it though? If you're a studio, because obviously she's got there's an audience. She came out of nowhere, and there's an audience that really love her. Sure. So you, if you were a studio, you would be remiss. Not to at least have a conversation. Of course. But she's going to be tied up with Star Wars for a hell of a long time. And she probably wouldn't want to physically, alone from typecasting, want to go from action, 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 action. Exactly. You, you can't it's put yourself lot. in that box. You've already proven that you can lead a gigantic blockbuster and handle mm. yourself uh, like that. Um, I think that Daisy is focused on showing the world that she can really act and that she's not just a, yeah. a movie star, that mm. she's like a great actress. Uh, and I think that's sort of why we saw her. You know, she's going to be working with Marielle Heller yep. uh, and J.J. Abrams on Colma. And then she just signed on this week uh, to The Lost Wife. I think that was a story that our buddy Justin Kroll broke. Um, and that's like a Holocaust drama. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not, not surprised that she's going in a different direction. And I'm glad that Alicia, you know, is, is able to is able to, to, to basically step in because she's great casting. But I think it's right to do it at this point in her career as well, where she has done a lot of things and she is going to do a lot of things that are very serious and quite highbrow. And then you don't just look at her and go, you're very serious. And then five years down the line when she goes, I'm right. going to do a comedy, everyone's like, why the fuck is she doing a comedy? She doesn't do comedy. She's a serious lady. Alyssa's at the same agency too as, as Angelina. Uh, and I can, I can just see, you know, a few months down the line, maybe a, a blessing, a public blessing, if yeah. you will. yeah. Um, anyways, I mean, there, there's not that much more to say about Tomb Raider. I know our, our uh, viewers have been really excited about it for years, going back to, you know, when Riley was here. Mm. They would always ask about it. I hope you guys are happy. I think this this could work out pretty well. And I said a couple of months ago that I didn't know, sort of, you know, outside of the hardcore fans, exactly how, how relevant Lara Croft was still seen. But I think if there was any doubt, by getting her to do this... I think makes it completely relevant and brings it bang up to date. Do, do kids give a shit though? Like, are they still playing the Tomb Raider games? I don't even know. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't know. But I think it's kind of like things that kids don't do anymore, but they know that their parents used to do, so they're aware of it. Right. So I think there is that pop culture connection with the character as an iconic piece of, 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 of film and of gaming. And I think there's that social aspect that even if they don't play Lara Croft games, they know. Who Lara Croft is. Okay. There, so I there think is there is that, that. Under, that uh, understanding of the franchise. Yeah. It did recently get rebooted a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it told the story of essentially Lara's first tomb raiding. So uh, the from my understanding, the films are going to take place in this new rebooted game universe, so it'll be her first couple of outings. Uh, trying to find the identity as Laura Croft, the Tomb Raider. That's okay. Interesting. Thank Interesting. you. Thank Good you idea. for, for Good weighing call. in. Um, 
Uh, we, I guess we should we should move it on. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, big week for him. This guy's up. He just. I think a lot of publications actually. Well, uh, Civil War's out next week, <laughs> so I think he's just basically Robert Downey Jr. does this thing. He says nothing for a long time, yeah, and then he comes out and you can't it starts fucking shut him up for the press. Yeah, he's just like the press bleh, too. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Robert Downey chatty. Um, so yeah, so he. I think a lot of publications have had to hire special Robert Downey Jr. correspondents this week because there's been a lot of stuff coming out. Um, so first off, um, obviously he said in the past that he didn't want to do another Iron Man movie. He was kind of leaving that behind. Um, we know that when I spoke to the Russo brothers um, a couple of months ago that they were saying that, you know, potentially looking at resting Iron Man and it was unlikely that there was really going to be a standalone Iron Man movie. Now this week, um, during a piece uh, a piece to promote Captain America Civil War, um, Robert Downey Jr. said to ABC that he is open to the possibility of a fourth Iron Man movie. Is this is this something that you want? Are we dying to see I, more fucking Iron Man? This I, guy's going to be in nine... He's going to play Iron Man nine times. Do you know what? I, I really War. like Iron Man as a character. Um, Great character. I, I was not particularly excited when the first film came out. I looked at the trailers. I thought it was going to be shit. I was horribly wrong because it was excellent. Um, it was good. It, well, I, I really liked it. The end of Iron Man is a mess. Yeah, but I was kind of over here with, like, it's going to be shit. And then it turned out to be the opposite of shit. So I really enjoyed it's it. It's good. It's one of the better movies. And his, I think he had a really nice dynamic to uh, the whole Avengers platform. Um, but he has... I, I just wonder if it is time for him to be rested. And I don't think... I don't know if there's enough there. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that we can pull out of the comics. But there's... There's a lot of other really interesting characters coming through in the Marvel Universe that I think he should just move aside and let's see some of those take center stage for a while. I mean, Kroll tweeted something to this effect where it was like, at the end of all this, when all is said and done, Robert Downey Jr. will have played Iron Man more times than Stallone played Rocky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like I think it's even yeah. more times than Hugh Jackman played Wolverine. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. But, I mean... This oh, is not the Robert Downey Jr. I know... Sorry, guys. From 10 years ago. So angry. You've Unbelievable. thrown your drink off the desk. No. Okay. So, I ha- I mean, I, I tweeted out some feelings last week as well about Robert... All the good shit on Twitter, your feelings, guys. Yeah. About Robert Downey Jr. Where it's like, I like him as Tony Stark, too. Yeah. I'm glad uh, he, he's great in Civil War. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped he's going to be in Spider-Man Homecoming because yep. he had gr- a great natural chemistry with, with Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Yep. This guy, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, was one of the greatest actors that we had. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was just listening to a Nine Inch Nails song from the soundtrack of Natural Born Killers. Excellent. Where is that Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. Is he ever coming back? I mean, it's he just it's just been Tony Stark and then The Judge and Sherlock Holmes. And now and he's also talking about doing Sherlock Holmes 3 now, right? They just yes. hired a new writer for exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Enough with the franchises. Like, this guy is such a talent, and I feel like he doesn't challenge himself. He just chases these paydays. I know the judge didn't uh, do so hot, but it's like, you got to pick yourself up. You have that star power where you can, you know, usher something through development. Okay, the judge was a misfire. Go back out and do something else. That is true, but don't forget that the public... The, the paying public, not just people, sort of industry people like us, who I tend to refer to people who aren't like us as normal people, because they are the people that choose to put 15 bucks sure. down to go to the theatre. They make a very different decision to, to the yeah, ones I'm that we Yeah, I'm not normal. Uh, well, I think we, we're special Clearly. in our own way. Um, but he, the public love him. We've just proven, you know, by the majority of films that he's in, they love him. Kids love Iron Man. Disney makes a shitload of money 
out of Iron Man. He's like the most popular character in as far as merchandising goes within the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. You know, bearing in mind, obviously, Spidey is massively popular as well, but certainly within the, the Disney side of it. So there's a lot of money to be made. So if you're a company and you know that that's your golden goose, you're going to want that goose to keep laying these eggs. So <laughs> sure. you're, you're going to want to find a reason to put him in there. And if Robert Downey Jr. is up for it, and Robert Downey Jr. does not do whatever Robert Downey Jr. does not want to do. Right, so it's like, you know, he obviously is fine, he's yeah. comfortable doing this, and I just wish that he would push himself, because he is so good. I'd like to see him as a villain in something, like, mm. I'm robbing a bank, can't he be like a master, like, in a movie like The Town, or a Heat, some kind of crime that's movie? Not, that's not a bad idea. Uh, he's, he's just capable of so much more... Um, and, and it's frustrating. Yes, Robert Downey Jr., you're a massive underachiever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For God's sake, Downey Jr., get your shits together. Um, um, so there was Sherlock, right, Sherlock yeah. Holmes 3, Iron Man 4, yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. She, Sherlock Holmes 3, it's been a while since the last one. It's been, what, five years? It was three years between the first two films. Mm-hmm. And obviously Benedict Cumberbatch has kind of got Sherlock nailed. Do we? Do you I think, don't, no, we don't need I another don't, one. Especially from Guy Ritchie. Yeah, you see, I I like I like Guy Ritchie. I've liked all his I like, films. I like Guy Ritchie too. But see, Man from Uncle. I I, I love that film. Yes. Give him Bond. Give him Bond. I like Give it to I'm, Guy Ritchie. I'm a fan of Guy Ritchie, but Sherlock Holmes, that series hasn't done much for me, I'll be honest. I mean, is that the, I don't think it's the fun. movies have been bad. Yeah. They've been like two, two and a half star movies. Really. Yeah. Okay. I would say three three and a half. This is out of four, Simon. You're going it's three, not a four. It is not a four. I'd go no, three you, and you do the British five-star system? Uh, oh, yeah. Just, no, there's, yeah. Four, there's four stars. Okay, so uh, <laughs> if I do three and a half in American, that if we're doing ten, that'll yeah, be seven. Turn, give, give me the equation. <laughs> Let me just do the maths. Um, okay. So Robert Downey Jr. busy, blah, blah. Yeah, lots of, uh, let's see, what else is going on? Some Marvel things? Yes. A couple of Marvel things. This morning, mm. brought news. That John Bernthal is getting his own tech TV show as The Punisher. What do you think? I love The Punisher as a character. I haven't watched the second season of Daredevil yet. I, that's on my list to, to do this weekend. Bro, leave right now. I've heard nothing it. but great things. So He's I'm, fucking awesome. I love the character of The Punisher. I even love the shitty Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie. Wow, from the 80s. That is I dedication. genuinely enjoy that. I like the Punisher movie that uh, Thomas Jane did with John Travolta. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got a kick out of that movie. It's not a great movie, but I enjoyed it. The Punisher is a character that I've always really enjoyed. And I haven't seen this interpretation, but I have heard nothing but great things yeah, he's about it. Badass. So it does not surprise me, especially when some of the other TV shows have kind of, from the Marvel Universe, the stuff that's being done for Netflix, have kind of gone off the boil or, or you know, have been dropped or not really sort of met the potential. I think they're seeing the fact that if this is a strong character portrayed really well, they are. Wait, what hasn't just met, gonna... met the potential? What do you mean? Um, uh, obviously, Agent Carter. Oh, that, what yeah, that? that's, that's, that's network TV. Some would say that S.H.I.E.L.D hasn't done particularly if, if you, well. Uh, you have to be a huge fucking geek to be watching those shows. You've got to be a, a Marvel diehard. Who would watch a those shows on network television? Massive geeks? Garbage, man. Oh, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even watch an episode. I don't even need to see an episode to know it's garbage. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. Wow. 
Somebody got out of the wrong side of bed this morning. That's what they, they <laughs> that's what they pay me for. Yeah. These hot takes, Simon. So I'm coming at you with biting words. What do you think? Shit. Yeah, I would no, I would never watch an episode of Agents of Shield or Agent Carter. You but also are draw, crazy. Je, je, I haven't watched it, but Jessica Jessica Jones? That's Netflix. That's yeah. different. Yeah. Those the Netflix shit's killing it. I don't know why these shows are being made elsewhere. Stop making TV, everyone. That's right. Stop it. So anyways. Yeah. Sorry, it's fine, isn't it? So the, they've got they've got Luke Cage coming. Yeah, they've got Iron Fist coming. Yeah, supposedly the Defenders. Although there's been some questions now where yeah. it's like, man, has the Punisher jumped de- uh, the Defenders? I don't know what the fuck the Defenders are. Uh, oh, they defend things. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> the, the, what, a different it's neighborhood. It's on their resume. Like. Resume. Yeah, yeah. experience. A lot of defending. <laughs> a lot of defending on there. Yeah. Some protecting, but mostly defending. Anyways, pumped. Uh, I, I've loved uh, John Bernthal on yeah. Daredevil, and it's awesome that he's getting his own show. It's great that, that they have the flexibility to sort of recognize that when they have a breakout character on their hands. Um, I mean, I loved Electra too, this season. I don't, I don't think she's getting her own show, but mm. she really impressed me, Elodie Young. Um, elsewhere in the Marvel Universe, last Friday, late last Friday, those sneaky fucks at Disney... <laughs> I'm in a swearing mood. Well, They're Mickey not mouse operation. They're not fucks. Yeah. Uh, they have booted Inhumans off the schedule. Yeah. Will it return? I, I think they put a lot of work in publicizing it and working on the project in pre-production to just let it die. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they are going to have to look at these, their alternatives to things like Suicide Squad that are going to be coming out of DC. I think they're going to have to have, you know, the... That that alternative, so I think they're gonna and, and not just have Avengers as their collective. Mm-hmm. So I'd be very There's surprised. The Guardians too, yeah. But I mean, the thing is that they have a lot of projects on the slate at the moment. You know, they've they got do. a lot of stuff. A so lot. if there's something, I don't think they want to risk putting something out there that isn't good enough and isn't developed in the way that they've developed the other projects. They don't want to take that risk because it could it could go to shit off that. Because if if there's a failure within, and this goes for for both Marvel and DC. And we've saw this with with Batman versus Superman. If you don't perhaps do it as well as you could have done, people don't let you forget that. So yeah. I think they don't want to take that risk. And they're like, okay, let's. We've got a lot of stuff coming out. A lot of stuff we're playing with. A lot of really interesting characters. A lot of interesting properties. Let's maybe take this one that we haven't fully developed. Put it on the shelf for now. Come back to it in two years, maybe. I'm just pulling that date out of my out of my head. Um, and let's just work on it some more. Could we see... Here's here's my question. All these hmm. movies uh, in the Marvel Universe are basically at the same scale. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man was maybe a little less expensive, don't, yeah. you, don't you think? Yeah. Um, you know, could we see them experiment with that? Could Inhumans sort of be made as an $80 million movie as opposed to a $150 million movie. It could be, because that does work for Disney. I mean, like I I said previously, um, when I spoke to the Russo brothers and they were talking about which characters they were going to include in um, Civil War and obviously then moving on to Infinity, um, Ant-Man tests ridiculously highly with audiences. He's a massively popular character. My favourite character in Civil War, my favourite movie in the Marvel Universe. So I think, yes, that is something they they could look at doing but again i don't think they want to go off you know sort of half cocked they want to go at it with with both yeah both and, barrels. And listen i'm always a big fan of i mean these studios announce these release dates so far in advance i'm actually 
I give them credit when they recognize either we're not going to make the date or we're not going to mm-hmm. force something, like, just to try to make a date. Um, well, they don't have to. It's not like they have gaps in the schedule. I mean, you know, seriously, it's just, it's crammed as... You could put a piece of coal into the Disney schedule right now, pull it out, and it would be a diamond. <laughs> that's that's how tight well, the Disney schedule is. Well said. Um, elsewhere on the Disney schedule, there's a movie lurking titled Captain Marvel. Yep. I gave fans a, a semi... I mean, again, the reason rumors don't get reported is because they're rumors. <laughs> So I, I had heard one little something and hadn't even started investigating it mm. and stupidly said something on the show last week like I always you do. Idiots. And everyone just runs wild with it and all of a sudden Catherine Bigelow is star is directing and Catherine Winnick is starring. I didn't even know Catherine Winnick before <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> she got cast in the Dark Tower, uh, let alone starting rumors about her. So yeah. it's just, guys, if you're watching this show, take everything we say with a grain of salt. There's a reason. Uh, like, I don't come on here to break news. If I knew who was playing Captain Marvel, you'd read about it on therap.com. Uh, you know, if you're not reading about it there, it's because I'm not confident in it, and so don't put words in my mouth. It's just, you're ruining a bad thing sometimes, fans. You're ruining it. <laughs> um, let's take a break a second and look at what people are saying, responding to what we've already sure. discussed. Sure, all right. Um, Simon's got some questionable taste. Lol. Um <laughs> Okay, I like some shit. I'll hold my hands up. That's that's from uh, that's from my wife. No, that's um, Omega Underground said that. Um, the, the Punisher be getting Daredevil season two could carry a series. That's from Superfinch, absolutely. Uh, Zeno Hour, get on it, Simon. Yeah, fine. Um, uh, ABC ruins everything. That's from Omega Underground. Uh, yeah, that Thomas Jane Punisher was absolute garbage. That's from Gregory <laughs> Castillo. Uh, so obviously, a lot of people are agreeing with me this week. Um, Omega Underground again. Uh, Netflix hires great talent. ABC only does things to save money. Jerry. Uh, Jeremy Flores, uh, Agent Carter is Marvel Studios production. Uh, Jeff is killing it. Um, what about Cloak and Dagger in the uh, Freeform channel? FXX is working on Marvel TV on two X-Men shows, Legion and Hellfire Club. So, yeah, so there is stuff obviously going on in the terrestrial space. I would just be shocked if even, if even I mean, Legion kind of sounds okay, but I don't know. Uh, network, network TV and Netflix and cable, they're all, it's just totally different worlds. Mm. Um it's just the, the tone in the ABC shows, from what I've seen on commercials, it looks so hokey. Yeah. I don't know. And it, plus it's populated with just actors, these bland TV actors. TV is so, network television casting is so bland to me. I don't know any of these people. Maybe you're And just, I know like everybody. Maybe you're just getting old, Jeff. Maybe. I'm, I definitely sound like a cranky old man today. <laughs> hey, kids today, get off my lawn. Get off my primetime schedule. <laughs> what are you doing on ABC? I want a Goldberg spinoff. Why is all this talking television? I remember when it was black and white. Uh, elsewhere in the comic yeah. book movie world. Uh, Jamie, oh, okay, comic book movies. Go ahead. 20th, 20th Century Fox. Mm. Pulling out of Hall H, apparently, at Comic-Con. Yeah, really interesting. Disney will be in Hall H, but I think it's going to have a reduced presence. I, I, I like, didn't... This this my colleague at the rap broke this story and it was very interesting. We've also heard rumblings that maybe Sony could uh, could not be showing up in Hall H or also or not bringing Spider Man. I don't know. You see, Disney doesn't necessarily surprise me because they've got D twenty three. Not this year though, right? Isn't they're not doing it this year? I'm told D twenty three is every other year. There may be some (laughs) other thing in Burbank for like a day, but I don't think it's like a big the big D twenty three thing. Okay. 
Either way, Fox is pulling out of Fall Age for sure. Mm. Uh, people are saying it's because they don't have anything to show this year or something like that. And then other people are saying it's because of piracy. It, right, that's what our, our report said. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a, probably a combination of both things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the piracy has gotten out of hand and that Comic-Con needs to do something about it. I think that the studios have been talking to them uh and you know short of taking everyone's phones away yeah which is a fucking nightmare at every disney premiere that i go to <clears throat> yeah um it's it's just it's just impossible you can't police i don't know how many five thousand phones in there yeah i mean there's uh, piracy unfortunately i think is always going to happen because there's always going to be somebody who wants to have the jump on everybody else yep you know every, especially when you're in a room with all the other people you want to make sure that your tweet First one, everybody does the retweet on it. That's the what. That's the way it is now. That's true. Blogger, I'm the same way. First post on a blog. That's just the way it is. The only way to get around some of the footage leaking is if you make sure that all the outlets that are going to be attending have the stuff to post in the proper official form. Right. The minute and the second it goes live. And on I stage. will say that a lot of studios are ill prepared for that kind of stuff. It's. It's 101. It's basic shit. Yep. You know, it's like going out for dinner and forgetting your wallet. You're going to have to pay for your meal. That's the only way to stop shitty versions of your trailers and your images turning up online. Right. It's the only way to control it. And and I get, well, why would we put it online immediately after if these people are paying to come here and see this? Like, it doesn't make it too special if five minutes later it's everywhere. Um, But you know what? Those people, I mean, there's there's people in in the chat room saying that, you know, you know, the, one, this is one of the reasons that they're not going to, to Comic Con this right. year. Um, people will people want to feel like they're there. Not everybody can get there because it's ridiculously expensive, or they can't get an if they're a journalist, they can't get an outlet to take it. Mm-hmm. So you you have to bring that experience. Everything now, whether it's a premiere or whether it's a launch, you know, there's a lot of live streaming. I think don't, people don't mind not being there physically in the room. They're close enough to the action. We saw this with Star Wars. That's true. You know, because they can sit at home, you know, they could shit, they can do it with no underwear on if they want to, or while they're, you know, just doing the laundry, and they can still get that experience. That's how I experience the Star Wars stuff. So you don't have to have everybody there. You know, you can do it online and everybody can enjoy it. But if you don't, someone's going to stream it on Periscope, someone's going to do it on Facebook right. video. You can't. Well, does does stop that this. suck? Like you know, the fans spoiling it for themselves. They're scaring off the studios. Yeah, uh, yeah. There is an element of that, but everybody wants. To, they want to have the biggest dick at the pissing contest. Everybody wants to be that guy. Sure. And listen, I pushed the envelope too. This week, I think I put. Po- I think it was this week. I posted a screenshot mm. from Sony's leaked. CinemaCon presentation mm-hmm. that was on like Chinese YouTube, a screenshot of Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence from Passengers. Yeah. Now, you know, do I think it's Sony's fault that that presentation leaked onto Chinese YouTube? Partially. Partially. Did you know? Do I think that they could have taken it down? Like, if I can find it, they can find it, and they could have it taken down. Um, so I didn't really feel guilty about sharing the image, yeah. knowing also full well it would come out eventually, or someone else was going to do it. Um, so I get wanting to push the envelope, but I don't know. Part of me thinks that these fans are shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, and also, you know, we are we are living in a world where film fans, and I count myself amongst this, everybody wants to know so much about product these days and films. They want mm-hmm. to know who's in it, what Which it's makes about, no story. Sense like. to me. And then everybody whines and goes, I know too much about the movie. It's spoiled. I, I haven't watched the new X-Men trailer this week. 
because I'm really looking forward to the film. I don't want to go into that movie. Not seeing everything about it. Not yeah. seeing everything. You're, you're, it's cool. T- the tickets are just sold. So I stop engaging yeah. with this product. I, I, I'm in. I'm going to I'm going to see it. I'm going to probably go and see it for free, and then I'm going to pay to see it as well, because that's that's what I do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult, you know, thing between people wanting to be the first and everybody moaning that there's too much stuff out there. Right. You know, we have this with TV shows like Game of Thrones, Fear the Walking Dead, this kind of thing, where everybody's watching it in different time zones and people are tweeting about it and everybody wants to be part of this conversation, but nobody wants to see the conversation because it's going to give something away because they right. haven't watched the episode yet. Right. Like, oh, like you can't ju- have it both Kit, ways. Kit Harrington's hair looks a certain way and is, does spoiler, that mean he's coming back? Spoiler. Yeah, it's just, you know, we, we, we're kind it's, of victims of our own kind of system, really. But uh, it, it's it's unfortunate. I, I mean, listen, the number one rule of Comic-Con for the studios, though, mm. it's like, if you don't have the goods for Hall H, don't go. Yeah. Um, because you do not want to be the worst reviewed studio or you mm-hmm. know, the studio where everyone's just like, oh, the, you know, th- that was boring. So I get a studio pulling out if it, the calendar just doesn't line up with yeah. like the, the, the assets that they have to mm. show. Um, I'm trying to think like what what would Disney even? But some people do use Comic Con as an attempt to effectively <clears throat> polish a turd. If they've got a product that they don't particularly think is is great, they go there to really sure. ramp up the excitement and get the engagement. It's happened. With, I remember it happening with um, Total Recall a few years ago. Terrible remake, but everybody at Comic Con was really excited because Colin Farrell was very excited about it and it looked really interesting and mm-hmm. you know, the visuals that came out. So people can use it as an attempt to. To really hype stuff that they perhaps don't actually think is 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 that good, but like that might get lost otherwise. Like X Men comes out in May, Comic Cons yeah. in July. What yeah. would Fox even have brought? I don't think will there even be Wolverine footage at that point. Um, at that I just point, there might there be because they, st- they start filming Wolverine um, next week or the week after. Oh, okay, because one of the people that I was talking to last week was they're going to be working on the on the set. So it's it's first or second week of May they're going to start doing that. All right, fair enough. And, and speaking of Wolverine. Uh, we'll transition away from the Comic Con discussion since you know I don't not probably not many mm. of our listeners really but get it's not, a chance it's not to go. Just I've never issue. been. It's not. I mean, I'm I'm going for the first time this year, but only because I I you got a hotel room paying me. No, I have a friend I that lives heard in San Diego. That's just crazy. I say a friend. I'm going to be sleeping under a bridge. Um, <laughs> but it's not just Comic Con when this problem is. I remember with Anchorman, Anchorman Two, a couple of years ago. You know, the the trailer hadn't been released officially for for online outlets, and then people were filming it in theaters where it was showing before. I can't remember what the movie was, and there were shitty versions of the trailer that were going up online and Paramount were like don't don't share that shitty version we'll have the trailer out tomorrow it's like too late it's yeah, out there I want to watch it right so now so the only way to combat this stuff is just release it the second it's announced sticking out there which is what Warner Brothers did with will. Suicide Squad didn't yeah, they yeah it's the right way to that do was, it that was smart just do it um, so yeah Wolverine 3 they got uh, who do they get Richard E. Grant yes he's going to play a mad scientist which is great all he's, scientists are mad he's apparently. nuttier than a squirrel shit so I, I lo- love him I loved him in Don Hemingway the yeah. Jude Law movie yeah. he was fucking good in that yeah he's, and he's, I liked he's him great. on Girls and you know with Nell and I Amazing. Have you seen? Yeah, I've never seen with Nail and I. I know up. that's a huge gap in my, that Harold and, and you Maude. take the piss there's out a, of me. There's a couple of those. It, that's eighties, right? It is. Yeah, it is eighties. Yeah, there's a few eighties movies that I'm still genius. Dragging behind on. Uh, who was the other Wolverine three casting though? Uh, it's someone I really was not expecting. Stephen Merchant. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, no word on who he's going to play yet. Right. I'm assuming he, he will be some kind of comic relief. Comic relief. All right, there. 
All right, they're Wolverine. I'm from the West Country. All right. Tall, some tall, lanky, comedic guy. Could be the, the TJ Miller of... Uh, yeah, I think that's fa- effectively universe. where they're pitching him. But he's tall and gangly and awkward and, and British, and I think it'll be quite nice. But, you know, there's, so there's three British players in there. Patrick Stewart, Stephen Merchant, and Richard E. Grant. It's a very British sequel. Could it mean that some of it... Set, set in... in Bloody old England! Oh shit! Hello. Um, I, I did want to actually uh, clear this clear this up because um, I went to write about the Stephen Merchant Wolverine three okay. casting. I went to his IMDb page, right, and it said Transformers five, and I knew that was because of me. So uh, I did a story about Isabella Moner uh, doing Transformers mm, five, yeah, and I was going to say that um, Stephen Merchant and uh, some other fucking WME client, I. I'm blanking on who it is, that they were being eyed for roles uh, in Transformers Five, mm. and right before we published, I was I heard like that's not true. Like uh, Michael Bay is not really looking at Stephen Merchant for Transformers Five, so I took them out of the report. Right, um, but I fucked up, and I and the subhead didn't change. Okay, they were in this like the story that's was sloppy. the story was about Isabella. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, they were in in the deck, so to speak, uh, and so they didn't get deleted. And I think that they were still keywords in the story too. I couldn't delete the keywords for some reason. Our system was a bit of a mess. Okay. So, so like <laughs> right after right after I told like Paramount and WME like don't worry like they're out of the story. Yeah. We blast it and they're in the subhead of the blast and like literally. The twenty four or forty eight hours, only one person had picked up on it mm. on Twitter, as far as I could tell. But then you start to see the rumors spread, and eventually it makes it to IMDb, and it's Stephen Merchant rumored for Transformers Five. Clearly, uh, he had a he was looking to do some kind of big blockbuster. Uh, Transformers Five is not the one. He's ended up doing Wolverine Three. Do so. I go with a man yeah, who's got noise schedule. in his hands, or do I go with the giant bloody robots? Apparently, he's going to be playing Morph um, in the movie now. Who? Well, Moth? Morph, M-O-R-P-H, Morph. Oh, Morph. Now, in okay. the UK, Morph is uh, a little plasticine or Play-Doh character, little little animated character. And I don't think it's him. Okay. Because that would be really weird. Um, yeah, so I so don't know a, a who Morph is. A Groot-type character? Interesting. Um, yeah, so apparently he's going to be but playing But he's, he's hilarious. Um, I think he'll inject a little levity into the proceedings. Uh, what else? Blade Runner. We had some castings on that front. Yep. Sylvia Hoax is mm. the new female. I'm getting more and more excited about this movie. Me too. Really excited about it. Um, I really dig it. Yeah, I, it's building up to be a really strong cast. I'm just waiting now to get some idea of what the plot is going to be. To see I, how I, it I, all I have said it on, on uh, El Mayimbe's podcast. I'll, I'll repeat it here. Okay. Uh, from what I understand, Gosling is like a detective of sorts or something. Okay. Uh, and, and Robin Wright's daughter, I yeah. think, goes missing. And she hires him to investigate the disappearance. Okay. And I think along the way, he meets up with Deckard okay. like during the course of that investigation. Um, and and I don't think that the daughter role has been cast yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, uh, and this is all speculation. I don't have any of this confirmed. I think Ana de Armas... Just putting this all on IMDb. Yeah, put it on yeah. it. Steve like Merchant, yeah. Ana de Armas, I think, is going to be a replicant. Okay. That makes sense. Sylvia Hoax or Hooks, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I think she's the, the actress who I had heard was going to have a smaller role in this. I mean, it's still described as a lead in the Alcon press release, mm. but that she she would have a small but key role in this that would then get bigger in the sequel. Okay. And I think that they are thinking like that. 
a Blade Runner 3 already. Cool. I mean, uh, I don't even know if Gosling has even closed his deal yet. Mm. Um, but when you have him and he's willing to do a big movie like that, yeah, you want to franchise it. Yeah. Uh, taking a step back, apparently Morph is uh, Wolverine's best friend in the cartoon. There you go. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So there you go. Clarified. Uh, so, yeah, Blade Runner, I think, is going to be super cool. Obviously, love uh, the director of Prisoners and Sicario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Deacons is shooting it. Yes. Roger Deacons. Beautiful. And again, and again, this is the WB event film on October 6th, 2017. That, yeah. Like, that's the date that it got. There was a WB event film there. O- October 6th. Yeah. My birthday. Is it? Yeah. Thank you, Warner. Oh, very Just cool. We'll, we'll celebrate that Thank day you. next year. We will do. Um, but yeah, it's, it happens Warner every Brothers year. is not releasing an event movie yeah. up against its own Blade Runner sequel, guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're one and the same. Uh, so make that connection. Um, elsewhere... What else? We got a few things. Yeah. Um, it got a release date from Warner Brothers. Speaking of Warner Brothers yeah. release dates. Um, you see, I really like the original TV movie, the two-part TV movie. Um, I'm intrigued to see what they do with this. Obviously, they're going to split it into two movies, as so many studios do these days. Uh, the first part... Did you discuss this last week? No. Okay. Where the first part of the movie is going to be when the kids are young, and right. then the second movie is going to be when they're adults. So I think that will be interesting casting there. Um, you know, pot- really potentially interesting casting because you cast well-known actors as the adults and then have unknowns who are going to look a bit like they would the adults when they were younger. Or do you try and find two lots of well-known people who are going to look, you know, wh- which way do you do that? So I think interesting casting potentially there. Um, and obviously the director left the project. Fukunaga. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have Andy Machete now. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? It's fine. Interesting choice. It's or? fine. Okay. You know, I, I don't think it's a terrible choice. I think he's an up and coming genre director. Mm-hmm. Mama was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. Um, I, I don't know. You know the direction that he's taking it, or the casting, which we can get into a little here. Okay. Um, so you know, from what I'd heard, that they were they were down to five candidates or so. Or they were nearing a decision that Will sure. Poulter was still in the mix. Yeah. He was the, he was Fukunaga's. I'm disappointed that he's not involved now because I really like him as an actor. I got, I definitely warmed up to that idea. I think it could be really cool. I think he's still in the mix, um, but there's one other name who I had started to hear. Okay, uh, this actor, <laughs> this actor uh, has been rumored on on fan lists and that kind of stuff. Okay, uh, he has starred in two gigantic Warner Brothers franchises. Those franchises are. The Matrix mm-hmm. and The Lord of the Rings. And do you know who I'm talking about? Gollum. Nope. No. That no. would be cool, though. I know, right? That would be super fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Come on. The Matrix and Lord of the Rings, buddy. Which actor do they share? There's only three or four actors you Matrix. should know in The Matrix anyways. Yeah, so Lawrence Fishburne. Nope. Not in there. He's not it. Keanu <laughs> Reeves. Not, not the in there. Not Carrie Ann Moss, which leaves... I, was... I don't know. Who else? Mr. Anderson. Mr. Smith. Okay. Could that be interesting? That could be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, where's that coming from? Because that's actually really interesting casting. That's that's coming from a decent source. Okay. Uh, Just that he's a strong contender. Okay. That, I I could go with that. Mr. Weaving. I think, yes. Mr. Weaving. He's got a little Tim Curry in him, no? Yeah. That Cheshire Cat grin. Yeah. We'll see. That's that. If that is true, he's very close to Mendelssohn, who was like the original choice. Yeah, you know, like if you can't get Ben, 
get Hugo, or you just go in a completely different direction, stick with Will. I think, I, yeah, I don't know. I, if that is true, I think that would work really well. I also, I mean, I also heard that there's an, I, and I don't have a name for this, but just that there's like a very outside the box choice. Maybe that is Hugo Weaving, but I, I heard there's just someone like crazy. Like, what if it was, what if they went with a female Pennywise? Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think. You don't think so? I don't think, no. S- someone just fucking terrifying, man. You don't think fucking Charlize Theron would kill that or something? She's, Not that it's her, she's but... Doing, look, okay, I'm just going to put that in IMDb. <laughs> it's Charlize Theron. She, that, I think that would be <laughs> kind Steven of... Stephen Merchant. I think it would be a really interesting way to distinguish yeah. itself, um, because do you Tim, think Tim Curry do that, is so though? iconic I, in that role. I, I think if people kind of lose their shit about changing of sex in roles in other things... I, I think that might the internet might explode, Could you, especially because I think Tim Curry was so. Per, I mean, I love Tim Curry. I absolutely could you see adore a, could the you man. See a black Pennywise? Yeah, I could. I, I black could, guy with white with white clown. I makeup? could see more a chance of there being a black Pennywise than a female Pennywise. Don't ask me why. I just think people would swallow it a lot more. I just think there's something very uh, and there's a lot of great African American actors out there. there who I think could really do that. Um, there's I mean, there's someone I'm, I'm, dying, actually, I'm dying to see who they get. Um, well, there's, I'm there's, real excited. Here's, for that. here's an idea: if they did go for a black Pennywise, there is a guy I saw. He was he had a, a smaller role in um, Interstellar. I think his name is David Goya. G- 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 Giatti, right? G- yes. Something like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, British actor, mm-hmm. black. If they did go for somebody, he would be great. Interesting choice. I, I think he'd be really good. I thought of that one. Um, either way, glad to see that that New Line is pressing forward with it and that it got a release date. Yeah. Disney set up a whole bunch of release dates this week, too, uh, for a lot of live-action movies and fairy tales. Uh, they kind of ran down their development list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... Uh, all good stuff. There's nothing where I was just like, ugh, why are they making that? Mm. But um, no real surprises. Know. Like, listen, I'll see Mary Poppins too. Sure, <sighs> I didn't but, like Mary. I'm not a fan of Mary yeah, Poppins. I'm, not, I'm known from the I'm UK, and everybody in the, in the UK loves Mary Poppins. Um, but no, I'm I'm just Maleficent too. I liked Maleficent. I never saw it actually. It's it got a lot of shit when it came out, which I think was unfair because I prefer it as far as live action. Um, things that Disney have done in, in recent years. I prefer it to things like the very good Cinderella, but I, I preferred it to that. And a lot of people really didn't like Maleficent. I really enjoyed that film. Flawed okay. in many ways, but I did enjoy it. That's probably of all the projects. The Jungle Cruise I'm not so excited about with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I swear to God, I opened a letter the other day, and Dwayne Johnson was in it. He's in... Literally everything. everything. Hardest working man in showbiz. Well, I mean, great. I'm, I love Dwayne Johnson. I think he's great. But Jesus, give the guy a week off. Seriously. He's in everything. And at the moment, there appears to be a trend for let's have Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart in a movie. I think there are so many films that come out this week. It's like Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart are linked to it. Why don't uh, they th- just remake Twins? Yeah, do it. <laughs> that would be better. But it's just, yeah, I mean, I love Dwayne Johnson, but he has so many projects on the go right now. Yeah. I just don't, and this is again, I'll go back to the beginning of the show with, with Alicia Vikander. I just think that sometimes in Hollywood, we overuse very good people and they just burn a little bit quicker than they should do. Now, this hasn't happened to Dwayne Johnson yet. He still remained massively popular and he is box office gold, but I just don't want to get tired of enjoying him on screen. 
Fair enough. We, you know, we, we have like 10 minutes left in the show, so okay. we're going to have to cruise through some topics. We're not going to have time to talk about Jamie Foxx and the Happy Time Murders. No. But, but that is happening. Yes, finally. which is It's been on and off for a long time. So Brian I, I like directing. the idea of a dark R-rated puppet movie, a, a crime. Avenue Q meets LA Confidential yeah. is how they're pitching it. It, it sounds like cool, that. but we, we don't have time to talk about it. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about a few other things, one of which is Keanu. Let's just get mm, that out of the yeah. way. We saw Keanu uh, this week. Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was really funny. When it was funny, it was really, really funny. I think there were little parts of the movie that didn't quite flow as well as they perhaps should have done. Mm-hmm. But I think there are enough nuggets in there that are comedy gold that I think people will quote and I think they'll share and will become ingrained in pop culture that I think it's it's going to do well. I, I'm surprised there's a lot of... Sort of certainly around LA, there's quite a few posters, but it's not as blanket as I would have expected it to. It's a digital. It's a mainly a digital campaign to yeah. focus on their um, and I, I I really liked it. And in the UK, they're not particularly well known. So you know, I've come to it quite. Cold. I knew who they were because I'm aware. Do of their you stuff watch Key and Peele? Central. Are you yeah, a fan? I I know who they are, but in the UK, do you watch the show? Yes, I do. Okay, and I've seen. I, I mean, I first became aware of them with a lot of their stuff that was that was online. Um, I think they're very good, and I think they work really really well together. They reminded me of a. Kind of bad boys, the the Will Smith Martin Lawrence dynamic in that film. It just it they just feel very natural. And they together. were going for that. They were on Bill Simmons' podcast, and, okay. and they actually mentioned Bad Boys a lot uh, as like one it's of their clear favorite that movies. The influences I love, are in that. Bad Boys is a great movie. Yeah, um, I, I I liked it. I thought it was funny. I I think there were little bits that didn't quite work, but overall, I found it a very satisfying comedy. I, I saw that some of the TV quotes were like uh, best comedy film like forever or like film of the year and I'm like it's not it wasn't that for me but I did really enjoy it and it's one of the films that my wife actually came with me to see it it's the type of thing that she would never usually want to watch but she was really desperate to see it and I think if it appeals to her I use her as the litmus test mm-hmm. then I think it will win a lot of people who are curious over I it. actually I think it's going to do well and a yeah. lot a lot of women are going to go check it out because yeah. they love cats I'm a big <laughs> Key, Key and Peel fan yeah. uh, I watched all the episodes of the show mm. thought it was great uh, the last season kind of ran out of steam and I was relieved that they're now lending the show and transitioning to the big screen sure. I thought the movie was okay I think okay. the movie lived up to its reviews um, which were mediocre coming out of South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie I found problematic. Okay. Um, like you said, it has a lot. Like, I laughed a good amount. Uh, there's plenty of, of comedy gold nuggets, and I loved everything with the cat. Yeah. When the cat, whether it's the opening scene uh, or, or the end, when the cat sort of helps to save the day, all that shit's gold, and the cat is adorable. Yeah. Um, the movie felt... Like guy, for, like it was made by guys who just got out of take TV. Um, just the rhythms, Fair. yeah. Uh, the, like the stuff with there's there's a great celebrity cameo that yeah. I thought was a blast, and so um, peels in that scene, and then Key's sitting in a car, and they keep cutting back and forth, mm. and it goes on for like twenty or twenty five minutes. Yeah, um, it, that it, felt flabby for me. They could have trimmed that. It, there's a little. Yeah, I don't think that this shows everything that they can do. I think that there's that these guys are. I think that they're brilliant. Yeah, uh, I think that they're capable of a lot more, and that their next outing will be even bigger and better. Mm-hmm. This missed the mark a little for me. It, it was like it's going to go on my blog list under the good but should have been betters. 
It's it's a two and a half star movie. I think that's fair. I think it will do. I think it'll do well at, at, at theaters, um, and I think it will probably find more of a home and more of a cult status when it hits home entertainment. Um, I think it's really going to come that. It sets up for a sequel, and I'm fine. I'm down to see the sequel. See, I'm, I think that they'll learn from this experience. Yeah, and I, and I think. You know, I, I also don't want to say too much. I, I, I was next to Key in a restaurant recently okay. and heard him discussing this movie with mm. some people. Uh, and I think that maybe there is a feeling that maybe they left a little a little on the table. Mm. Um, but it, it, like, it, it felt like a first film. Yeah. It felt like a first film to me. And it's Peter Atencio's first film, too. Yeah. I think he's got a very bright future as a comedy director. But very much this, so. this wasn't a bullseye. It, to me, it just wasn't. Well, when, when the beats when the beats hit, I think they hit absolutely spot on. I mean, you you were in the same for screen sure. as me. I was la- oh, when the people, laughs came, they were big. My laughs. coworkers loved it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, and I was kind of sick, so like maybe I wasn't in the mood to laugh mm. as much as I could have been. Um, again, I liked it. Mm. I just didn't think it was as good as what I know those guys are capable of making. Yeah. That's all. But um, I enjoyed it, and I really hope it does well at the box office. Do go and see it. It's worth paying 15 bucks to go and see it. Absolutely. No, yeah. check it out. And it, by the way, it's been a grim couple of weeks, I feel like. I saw Jungle Book at the beginning of April, so April, yeah. I just have not seen much. And there's there's um, not a lot happening around Captain America, which obviously comes out <laughs> next week. I'm seeing that on seeing that on Monday. You have what? I haven't seen it yet. You I'm seeing seen it on Monday. Or? Oh, I forgive me. I thought that you had. No, uh, somebody went to the premiere, didn't they? I did. I did. Oh, um, uh, did you see the Snowden trailer? Uh, I did. Did you think? Uh, I, I'm really excited about that. Film. That looked really good, like yeah. better than I was expecting. I, the the accent, I guess, is a little weird, but yeah. it didn't bother me. No, um, looked good. I'm excited. It looked. I, I was expecting it to be, and the, the final film might be, but I was expecting it to be perhaps a bit drier than it was. I think there's going to be a lot more life in that than people are expecting. And I think it's going to do for audiences where films like perhaps things like Steve Jobs didn't hit that tone. It's just such a fascinating story, it's the Edward great. Snowden story. And it's a great cast. And it is a, it's a very interesting cast, yeah. too. Um, and Oliver Stone is capable of surprising us. You mm-hmm. know, people seem to have written him off a little, and I would think that's dangerous. Um, but a lot of directors have done some, you know, questionable projects and some things that just haven't hit the mark. This is right in his wheelhouse. And this, I think this is going to be him back on top form. We've got five more minutes left in the show. Talk Uh, about um, The Omen. Yep, we can do the, yep, that was one of the three things that are on the final list here. So, um, 20th Century Fox. Antonio Campos is going to direct a Omen Prequel. prequel. Yeah. Do we need an Omen prequel, and what do we think of the hire? Simon. Um, I think, do we need it? No, I don't think so. I think we've already had three Omen. And there's um, a Damien show on, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's Damien on, on A&E, which is fine. It's 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 okay. It's not an amazing show. Um, and it's been three sequels. There was the, the films, obviously, from the original Richard Donner one, and then there was a, a kind of a really quite bad um, yeah, I haven't seen. To, I have not seen the Omen sequels, and then there great. was uh, a remake like ten, nine or ten years with, ago. Yeah, with Lev Schreiber and um, Julia Stiles, and yeah. I, which I quite enjoyed. I thought it was fine. Um, I don't think we need this, but I am quite interested to see what they're going to do with it. I like to give films like this the benefit of the doubt, especially when it's sort of you know, remakes of classic films and stuff like that. So I would be interesting to look at the backstory, mm-hmm. but do we need it? I don't think we do. But there's not a lot of strong, high-profile horror outside of franchises like. Uh, Conjuring 2, that kind of thing. So I think there is that little gap in the horror market in theatres at the moment, vacated by things like um, Paranormal Activity, that kind of 
thing in, in the calendar that I think this actually could sit quite well within Fox's remit. So they don't go too heavy on certain types of films. They haven't got a lot of stuff like this coming out. So I think it's a nice addition to that catalog. I'm all for more studio horror films. Mm. Uh, I don't think that the Omen... I don't think we need a new Omen. Uh, I don't know if that is the property to to reboot. Uh, I just feel like we've seen it before in, like, you know, evil kid movies or whatever. Um, at least they hired Antonio Campos, who I think can do something different with it. Yep. He is not like John Moore, who directed the Omen remake. And, I mean, John Moore is just a hack. Um, Antonio Campos is an interesting filmmaker, and he could do something really cool with it. However... And I love Antonio, and I've known him for a long time. We went to NYU together. Mm. Uh, he is not commercially minded. Okay. He never will be. I don't think. I don't. I just. I don't think he makes movies for a mass audience. Okay. That's what sort of excites me about this, mm-hmm. because I think it could be one of the like a witch or a Babadook or like you could get something really odd and weird and, and fascinating. Um, you know, I mean, Antonio is one of the producers of Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. He didn't direct that film. Mm. But, like, I've seen I've seen all of his uh, films, Simon Killer, After School. They're weird. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know that he's going to deliver maybe, like, the blockbuster that they're hoping for or some but bre- breakout. But maybe hit. not having that blockbuster feel about it will actually work in its favor because, you know, Babadook, stuff like that, great movies. Sure, and if you had if you had the Babadook with a, a 20th Century Fox marketing budget, you have a nice sizable hit on your exactly. hands. Um, and if it doesn't work out, they can always re- rebrand it and call it O-Man and Titan with X-Man. And, <laughs> that's true. You know. I mean, it, it, listen, it. I, it, was, it was intriguing, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I know Fox has been a big uh, champion of Antonio and the Borderline guys, you know, when they, after Martha, 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 Marcy, May, Marlene Fox Search like gave them a deal nothing happened with that deal I don't Mm. think I don't think anything came out of that but uh, clearly the powers that be at Fox are are fans of those guys Uh, two more things to talk about Will Ferrell cast as Ronald Reagan in an Alzheimer's comedy now uh, the script was on the blacklist Mm -hmm. supposedly a great script they did a live read recently Uh, James Rowland played Reagan in the live read with John Cho and and Lena Dunham people were really excited about it and then yesterday Reagan's children came out and they were basically calling this movie deplorable as soon as I saw the headline I actually thought it spelled bad news I don't know if this movie ever gets made they made some really good points there are a lot of movies that Will Ferrell is attached to that never see the light of day sure. do you remember there was the Sherlock Holmes one a few years ago that... yeah, yeah yeah he attaches himself to a lot of stuff yeah so I I, I don't know this, when I read that story, again, to me, it didn't feel like a film that would perhaps make it to theatres. It sounded like a quirky indie, and, and maybe I did it a disservice in calling it an, an Alzheimer's comedy. I mean, the description itself calls it a hilarious political satire, so if you're hilarious, you're probably a comedy. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. Variety may have called it like a drama. But if they do the comedy in the same way that Cancer was handled in 50-50... Mm-hmm. I think you can still have a... It can be poignant. It can be poignant and, and disease-based. Right. I, again, not like, oh, I've I don't think Reagan's children, Reagan's children you know? have not read the script. You no. know, I, I hate that when people, like, put something down and... no, no Well, we do that all the time, but... <laughs> Yeah. Let me just amend you know, IMDb. When, when, yeah, when, the, when the, they're like, oh, this is going to be disrespectful to my father. I mean, you haven't read the script, so you don't really know what they're planning I yet. But I, mean, yeah. but I get it. I get the natural defensiveness. It's not like they're going to make a comedy and, and I think mock Ronald Reagan and go, oh, right. if I got Alzheimer's, I'm always forgetting things. Like, a, you know, Steve Martin 
kind of Mr. Magoo. Right. That, that kind of stuff doesn't kind of make thing. the blacklist. No. So this is clearly no. something much smarter. It doesn't have a director. It doesn't have financing yet. Mm. Uh, Farrell's just producing through his company. Okay. Um, so we'll see what comes of this. But I don't think that those headlines yesterday helped this project. No. Um, but he is going to be doing Daddy's Home, uh, the sequel with Mark Wahlberg, which was confirmed this week as That's well. That's right. That film did surprisingly well, especially in the face of... I enjoyed it. Yeah. I went to see it on Christmas. It's a honey. solid comedy, um, and in the, especially in the face of Star Wars last year. Did did very well. I think it was it had a solid take. Yeah. Um, and audiences really like the film. It's a so good that's pay- no people like the two of them together, Will, yeah. Will and Mark, uh, Mark Wahlberg. So this will be the third time they've worked together. Then and, and we've got to close the show with the biggest okay. story in Hollywood this week, which was the DreamWorks animation mm. Comcast merger. Uh, did you pay attention to this at all? Was I was it, I was monitoring it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of been all I've been doing all fucking week. Um, so Jeffrey Katzenberg has been shopping DreamWorks Animation for years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm relieved he didn't sell it to the Chinese, the Japanese. I'm not. I don't love the idea of China just taking over Hollywood, which is like America's best, greatest export. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm glad he's keeping it in the family, so to speak, selling to Comcast. Yeah. They, uh, Chris Melodondry, the head of Illumination Entertainment, is really going to oversee DreamWorks, uh, you know, have oversight of DreamWorks titles. Yeah. Um, they're going to remain separate brands. Uh, there's not going to be layoffs at either company, as far as I know. Um, they're going to each be allowed to do their own things the same way that Pixar and Disney Animation do and yeah. John Lasseter sort of oversees uh, everything there. Um, I think it can only help. Uh, DreamWorks Animation is a really great brand. Yeah, it's been in the shadow of Pixar all these years, but like mm. they've launched five franchises. Which have done... won Oscars. Well-respected, well-received franchises. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not like sort of the, the days of, you know, Bluth Studios. And and obviously Illumination, there's no hotter animation company like you know up and coming right mm-hmm. now. They're going to have a, a huge uh, summer with Secret Life of Pets, which looks like a blast. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I it makes a lot of sense. I, I I think this is the best possible outcome for DreamWorks Animation. Um. Yeah. It's. I, I think it's in. It's in. It's in good hands. I mean, I don't. I don't. I think some of the ownership, and especially, obviously, we're looking at what's going to happen with Paramount in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, that potentially some of Paramount could be sold off, and that could go into Hollywood is shrinking. It yeah, seems like, and that could go to you know an Asian buyer that could could go overseas. Sure. Um, so I think that kind of ownership is inevitable, and I think there's a lot of money out there right now, and there's a lot of stuff going on with studios, and certainly the box office in China is a very very lucrative and growing market. It's mm-hmm. doing really well. So I think it's inevitable that they will want to have more ownership of Hollywood. But I think especially for, for this particular buyout, it is nice that it's going to, to to go the way that it's gone. Of all the possible outcomes, and it's it, not a bad outcome. And it really strengthens Universal when you're adding another two or three almost guaranteed hits, so mm. to speak. Well, uh, pets, to the so I, I totally year. see Pets as being a franchise. I totally see that as, as being a franchise. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, when you're adding How to, like, how to Train Your Dragon, which is kind of fascinating mm. to me. It was in my story yesterday. The first film was released by Paramount. The second was released by Fox. And the third film is slated for 2018, which is after the Fox deal, right. DreamWorks uh, Fox deal ends. That is probably going to be released by Universal now. Mm-hmm. Three movies, same franchise, all released by different studios. Yeah. Um, you know, will they be jockeying for position uh, for release dates, the Illumination stuff and the DreamWorks stuff? Yes, but there's enough months in the year. Disney and Pixar get it done. Pixar sticks to May and June. Mm. Uh, Disney Animation often goes in November. I don't know. I think it'll I, work I, out. Yeah, I think there's enough space in the calendar for all of that to coexist because obviously you've got you know you've got the Easter market. You know, sort of schools breaking up or that kind of thing, and then you've got the summer market. There is. 
if you look at sort of use this summer for for example there's not a huge amount of animated stuff in there and they tend to do particularly well especially with family audiences and when we're seeing a lot more intelligent animation like um zootopia zootropolis whatever they're calling it in whichever market yeah doing exceptionally well and doing well with adults as well because this is intelligent animation Mm -hmm. and there is a lot in there for the adult audience as well i think it's there is more room for this kind of product because it's strong content well, congrats, well congrats to Jeffrey Katzenberg. $3.8 billion, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, well, that'll probably do it mm, for the show. we gotta, we got to wrap up, man. Yeah, we, we probably went over, uh, and there's plenty of stuff we didn't even get to. We should be back next week yes. uh, on the opening day of Captain America Civil War. Little film. Which I'm sure many of you, you know, we encourage you all to go see it the Thursday night before so yeah. that we can spoil it. Hopefully what you'll we should check do it is out. take some calls. I'm seeing it Monday. We should yeah, take some calls because people would have seen it We will talk to the people Thursday. here at Popcorn Talk Network and take some calls about uh, Civil War next week. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything coming up? Uh, well, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Showbiz Simon. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash this is Simon Thompson. And also on our sister network, um, After Buzz TV, you can catch me co hosting the Fear the Walking Dead after Ooh, show. Ooh, okay. Sunday night, 8 o'clock. And this week's episode is going to kick you in the nuts. It's a good one. So we're going to be dissecting that on Sunday night. I'm Jeff Snyder, film reporter for TheRap.com, not kicking anybody in the nuts, Meh. unless you're into that kind of thing, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good shit. Thanks for listening. Thank you. To meet the movie press, rate, comment, subscribe on the Popcorn Talk Network, and have a great weekend, folks. See ya. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.